0: Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing News for accredited investors. Check out the video webinar version of this episode on our YouTube channel or visit simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter and check out our sister podcast by searching for the Simple Passive Cash Flow podcast on your favorite podcast player. What's up, Simple Passive Cash Flow? Now, I took a break last week doing this investor weekly news update because I was too busy with a lot of you guys in Hawaii for the annual retreat. It's now over. I took a day nap and we're back at it. January 2023. Here we go. So first article today, Yahoo Finance reports that Powell defends Fed taking measures that are not popular to rein in inflation. And that's basically what they're talking about is raising interest rates. Got a great visual graph here outlining the last the interest rates hikes in comparison to where things were sky high in the 80s and then when things went up in 2005 and then 2015 to 2020 when it went down and where we are in relation to where things used to be. The one important thing to point out, this last onslaught of interest rates hike is the quickest one in history. Right, it's the quickest one, and the the article goes reports and says that their Fed re- Reserve targets two percent inflation. I would probably argue it's really like three percent because the two percent is always sandbag, which is, means they're always changing the way they measure that statistic to get that two percent. So that's why I say three percent from the Visual Capitalist. Now I'm gonna just come out and say it: we're in a recession now. And things will probably get worse in 2022, maybe even 20 or 2023, maybe even 2024, I think it won't be as big as a lot of people think it is, as most people are doom and gloomers when you start to go down this train, but most this is a, a article taking a lot of surveys into account and wh- where do countries think they're at, uh, but basically, in 2023, things flip-flopped, and there were more people thinking that it was likely to go into a stock market recession. I don't want to say that word crash, because I don't think that's going to happen. But a lot of people lost what 20% last year in a stock market, and they have that idea, the losser version of they, they, want to just, they don't want to cement their losses, so they just stick in it. But I'm pretty confident that the stock market is going to go down another 10, 20, maybe 30%, then go up or say the same. So this that's what this article goes through. What is the kind of the sentiment in each of these countries? These are just survey results, but I think it really shows what people are thinking out there. And it, it, I'm always kind of interested in like the different countries, how they differ, just to point out some of the uh, the outliers here. Chile is very bearish, <laughs> like 60% think it's very likely, or yeah, likely. I know Chile is one of those countries that are big on, they're very unstable Economy, but yeah, let's find out the G. So, like Japan is forty percent think it's likely to be a stock market crash. That's a, they're actually one of the more bullish, if you could call it that. But let's see what the the G seven countries are at. United States, forty seven percent think it's likely that there'll be a stock market. And the only 31% think it's unlikely. The only countries where citizens believed a 2023 stock market crash was less likely were China, Israel, and Hungary. Interesting. China, Israel, and Hungary. They can throw out any China survey data because it's never true. And then, yeah, Israel and Hungary. If you combine the G7, the, the four biggest economies... Uh, 40 to 47% of each member's citizens responded likely compared to 26 to 35% responding unlikely. So, what does that mean? Well, get your money out of the fake stock market and get into real hard assets, especially when it's backed by a lot of equity like we have in our pet fund, right? Where we're investing more on the dead side because we believe that we're in a recession and there's going to be a recession. And that's where I'm putting my money. I don't just claim to be one of these economists. Economists don't have skin in the game. And all these other guys spotting off doom and gloom that just get paid off buying gold from their affiliate link. What am I doing with my money? I'm putting it into the preferred equity side on the debt side as a hedge strategy to keep it in our fund. We're making about 12%. But if you want information, go to simplepassitcashflow.com slash club. The next article is comes from the Hill. Inflation's ACE erased. Again, what does this mean for Fed's interest rates? So what they're talking about here is the consumer price index actually fell 0.1% in December and which means annually 6.5%, which is actually pretty good seeing that we were in 9.1 at the peak in June and 7.1% in November. So this is actually falling quite quite quickly I think the interest rates hikes are doing what the Fed intended. Now I don't think we'll get all the way down to 2 3 4% Perhaps we're right there at six and a half is one of the things what I think is happening. The report shows positive signs for consumers. Energy prices fell 4.5% in December. The cost of used cars fell 2.5%. I know I I bought an Escalade in 2020 and then I sold it and actually made five grand on the thing, on the whole transaction because the used car prices increased during the pandemic and now that has fa- fallen. That's just like my personal story. <laughs> yes. I trade in Escalades. But food prices saw their smallest month-to-month over the gain in March 2021. The Fed also is alluding to slower interest rates hike. Today, CPI's report makes it crystal clear that we don't have mass joblessness to bring down inflation. Although we are seeing it in a lot of the tech sectors, right? What we hear from the mainstream news. Further interest rates hike will only weaken our economy and most vulnerable workers will pay the biggest price. Although Wall Street Journal, I just probably should have put this article in our report, but now they're talking about the people in the high-end jobs, the higher paid jobs are the ones with the kind of the shuffling in people moving in and out of jobs there. Now, I feel like that might just be a little bit of the slack from the pandemic because in the pandemic, it's the lower end service sector jobs that were laid off, the class B and C tenants. Then the class A people did just work from home, the blue collar workers. And maybe we're seeing a little bit of slack coming through the system just from that. Or maybe truly what a lot of these sources are talking about, which is it is a true weakness at the top of the job market. Either way, cool. They can go live in our apartments. The last comment here, the Fed can take solace that aggressive tightening has succeeded in reducing the headline and core inflation that. Again, we're down from the peak at 9.1% and now around 65 about. Housing costs continue to accelerate, raising 0.8% in December. And shelter was a dominant factor in the monthly increase. The real test will come in the second quarter of 2023 when analysts will hope for inflation to fall up for 4.5% annually. So that's expectation for everybody to have that we'll get under 5% middle of this year. And at that point, I'm hoping that they start to pause the interest rates and that will be enough. If they pause the interest or the Fed hikes where it's at, they don't need to come backwards and lower it. But if they just pause it, then that means that a lot of the interest rates that we borrow at will probably come down at that point. So there's a little bit of disconnect because just because the Fed increases the Fed rate doesn't mean the price that we pay for our loans or what you pay for, like you're buying a primary residence that will come down because it's more based on a su- supply demand curve with the 10-year treasury. It's a more complicated way of thinking about it. And some other important economic indicators that still remain strong and indicative of a strong economy are Friday jobs report pegged the U.S. employment rate at 3.5%, the lowest in 50 years. But still, like this is where the Fed really has to be very careful. If they increase the rates too quickly, too fast, which they've alluded to slowing things down, which is good, if demand for products and services falls too fast, business will have to cut jobs, And we do need a little bit of that, right? As I just mentioned, unemployment at 3.5% is too low from a historical standpoint. This kind of echoes for the last article, but the Fed wants to bring inflation down to 2% target rate. Price stability is the bedrock of a healthy economy and provides public with immeasurable benefits over time. The Fed officials raised interest rates seven times this year. Last month they voted to raise interest rates by 50 basis points, which is the smallest rate hike in June. In past it was 0.75, 0.75, very quick jumps there. Susan Collins president of the Fed of Boston said Wednesday, she was leaning towards supporting a 25 basis rate hike in February, depending on what the inflation data showed. Collins doesn't have a formal vote, but will weigh in on the decision. I don't know. I'm I guess. I'm a gambling man. Maybe I'll. I think it's still going to be 0.5. I don't think it's going to be 0.75 at, or 0.25. I actually think it's probably going to be. If I were, if I had to gamble between 0.25 or 0.75, I would probably say it'd be the lower of the two. But I'm, I think it's prudent as a gambler and me to call it a 0.5 for what it's worth. Here is that, that CPI data shown on a graph. This is all what makes up that 6.5% inflation rate per year. This is more on a month-to-month basis, but you can see, I think this is a good sign. The ship is turning in the right direction. We're not under 5% inflation yet, but we are definitely getting up there going so the annual 12% change in the CPI, this is really what I think most people can understand instead of pluses 0.1, pluses 0.5, stuff like that, but more on an annual 12-year basis. You can see it definitely coming down off the peak of 9.1 in the summertime. I think all this is good news. All the items index increased 6.5% for the 12 months ending in December. This is the smallest 12-month increase since the period ending in October 2021. And this, if you guys want to go to the YouTube channel, we also put this on weekly in addition to the podcast, that this is broken down by food, energy, other commodities, used cars, new cars, shelter, transportation, Medicare services. You can see there's certain outliers and certain things that like food increase, for example. Next article, RE Business Online. This is, you know, one little development that I'm looking at, mall redevelopment projects have unique property tax implications. A lot of people know, as I've talked about it over the years, that malls are dying, unless it's the A-class mall, that that really nice mall, that, the Galleria in Houston or Ala Moana in Hawaii. If it's not that, if it's not the top tier one, the malls are dying. Uh, the repurposing of malls and anchor stores is a popular topic in community development circles, but... Legal restrictions make the redevelopment extremely difficult. They're locked into a lot of their covenants. And to, to date, e-commerce and brick and mortar sales have not yet reached an equilibrium. There's still some movement back and forth. So it's really hard for big institutional investors to really have the confidence to put money in. And a lot of the small mom and pop investors just aren't able to play this type of game with the large mall commercial asset. Most states value property what were based on high property tax valuations. And there's some, this is what's hard, like owners should address the highest and best use with accessors to reduce property tax burdens until their zombies can be brought back to life. This is another reason I just don't invest in malls, but it's interesting to follow, watch this development, how that there's going to be needs to be some tax relief for, because there's a lot of these ghost malls out there wealthmanagement.com reports institutions may deploy dry powder for real estate holdings heading into 2023. I definitely would follow this if you're an investor because you want to get ahead of the large institutions. Now they're saying rebalancing is occurring now, but there is the still the wait and see on reinvestment as private market valuations are still tra- transitioning relative to the higher cost of capital. Institutional investors recognize that commercial real estate sectors, fundamentals remain strong with the exception of office. And that's what I keep coming down to. Like the big investment thesis for myself is, you know, you're investing like in apartments, for example, class B and C workforce or housing apartments. The population is increasing in these certain emerging markets, not just to take the whole country as a globe or looking at California, but looking at the emerging markets like a Phoenix, like a Houston, like a Huntsville and you're picking the right areas and especially in the right demographic right the lower middle class is getting larger and when you're investing in something that provides this utility to something that really can't be disrupted it's not like they're just going to make a whole bunch of apartments and even if they do it'll be more on the a-class side it gives you confidence i really can't think of anything else that's that's as recession proof or disruption And then the article ends, the best risk adjusted returns are with those opportunistic projects where they can take advantage of liquidity and lower leverage in the market. And they're saying that investors are seeking risk adjusted returns that favor opportunistic and value add strategies to hit their desired returns. The U.S. is viewed favorably as a market of relative stability and good growth prospects. The U.S. government is very de- deliberately trying to engineer a mild recession in- to contain inflation. Very different than all those crazy other countries like Chile that's all over the place or Venezuela with their currency. Those are actually the guys because, you know, who owns whose debt out there. Right When America increases, has this inflation, it's really those other countries' currency that suffers. It's about uh, economic warfare against them. You just, I guess, lucky you live in the United States is what I say. There's some consideration around the strength of the dollar from those investing outside of the U.S., but in general, we see a lot of investors investing in the United States for this stability. And I, I will also personally say, and I don't really like lawyers, because we have this strong legal, so that's what kind of also... Props up to the United States real estate market and market in general because it is a very—it's not like other countries where things change all the time or semi lawless now. Institutional investors are looking for global diversification portfolios in an overweight to the U.S. and overweight to IAPAC, perhaps excluding China due to the growth prospects in those relations, those regions. Investors active in America's preferred value add strategies at eighty-one percent this is continued interest for certain strategies with favorable fundamentals and good tailwinds that are support rent growth and demand such as industrial, multifamily, and single-family rentals, self-storage data centers, according to them. And to final leave things off, we just finished the retreat last week here in Hawaii. Great to see a lot of you guys. Um, we took a lot of notes. The team is going to get together this week and Make a lot of improvements, although I'd say a lot of the feedback between Hui 4 and Hui 5 was a lot of improvements. But for me, it was just neat scene. Like there was some second generation investors coming with their parents. I thought that was cool to see. A lot of this is just developing more into a family organization. I mean, that's what the family office Ohana is, right? It's a group of family offices that. It's pretty simple to get to a certain financial independence number, especially when you invest with people you trust and they they're good on their word, and you do these tax strategies where you you lower your taxes to a fraction of what it was, and you do we're going to be doing accredited investor banking here in the future. When you do these three strategies, it's very simple to get to that FI. That at the end of the day, it's just passing it down to the next generation and this quote came up is just you just got to teach your kids the right way so they don't screw it up but with that hopefully we will see you guys next year for the retreat just want to put out there i've been doing some research on conservation easements so there's been some a lot of changes so make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and the youtube channel if you don't know how to do that shoot us email team at simplepassivecasual.com join the club And I'm going to be putting that there's not many things that change too much in our passive investor world, but this is a big one that I thought that just want to highlight for everybody out there. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.